You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hi friends, I hope you are having the best day. I am so excited about this episode because it was made for me in this moment and I believe it was made for you in this moment too. So today's episode is all about what the heck do we do in the darkness? How do we react? What are practical steps to get ourselves out of this situation? What do we do with our emotions when we're all stuck inside of them? And what does it look like to fight to flourish? Well, today's guest, my new friend, Jenny Lusco, is sharing all about that from her own personal experience of losing her second born child to even small, dark places that she might find herself in and out of today. I even share parts of my dark places that I'm currently in or have walked through before. And today's episode, gosh, guys, it is so good. If you find yourself in a shadow, a trench, or an actual basement of darkness, Jenny Lusco serves alongside her husband, Levi Lusco, where they lead at Fresh Life Church in Montana, Utah, Oregon, and Wyoming. But let me tell you something about Jenny. She loves sharing the hope and the freedom that she's found in Jesus. She recently wrote a book called The Fight to Flourish, engaging in the struggle to cultivate the life you were born to live. She poses a question that I think is pretty good. What if the struggles of life aren't a barrier to thriving, but an invitation to your most vibrant days? Jenny and I both pray that you feel kicked in the high knee, that you feel loved and championed, hugged, and just cherished for who you are and all the things God is doing in your life, even in the midst of this crazy dark season. Gosh, don't you feel like 2020 has so much to offer us in dark places, but also beauty. And I feel so kind of tangled in between that it's hard for me to decipher what to do, what to believe, where's my faith, where do I hold on? And so I think this conversation is going to come at a timely moment for a lot of people Mm -hmm. listening. And that is very much your story, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, what my experience is that you get the hard and the good usually at the same time. And um, and that's hard thing, especially this year with so much uncertainty and so much in the unknown and the difficulty and trials and testing and all of that stuff. It's just, it's hard sometimes to see um, the beauty in it. It's hard to see the testing for what it is. And I just love how in James, literally, he says, uh, consider it pure joy yeah. when you fall into various trials because the testing of your faith actually produces perseverance um, and strength for what lies ahead. And, and really it's viewing what we're going through differently and viewing the pain differently and viewing the trials differently, knowing that it's actually a gift. And, and another version says, um, count it actually a sheer gift, like a this is actually a gift what you're going through because you let God do the deep work in you that this trial, that this testing, that this difficulty is meant to do. It's actually a beautiful thing because it's going to produce in you this endurance and perseverance and strength so that you can keep 
going and you can keep showing up and you can keep facing the things that are around the corner that you don't, that you have no idea are coming or the things uh, years from now that are coming so that you can actually show up and be stronger for it. And I think that that's really how God wants us to view these things as hard as they are, as hellish as they are, as difficult as they are. Yes. Girl, you showed up to preach today. I am so excited for it. I'm like, I started to sweat. I literally had to take off my sweater. I was like, we're going there. Let's actually go. Three o'clock on a Monday afternoon. Here Here we go. go. (laughs) Okay. So what someone might not know about you is that you are a wife and a mom and an author. Hello. And have a lot of really cool things happening. But would you take a second just to introduce yourself? Tell us who you are and what you've got going on right now in life. Yes. So I am um, married to Levi Lesko. We lead Fresh Life Church together in um, our base camp is in Montana, all across the state of Montana, and also in Salt Lake City, Portland, Oregon, uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And those are some great places. Yeah, those are great places. We have really great campuses when we are meeting together. Right. Um, <laughs> currently, like every other church, pretty much, we are also all across the world online. So um, we've been navigating just all the changes and trying to figure out things and everything. And so um, that's been wild and crazy and wonderful and hard and all the things mixed together. But we have, um, um, so we've been leading Fresh Life since 2007. And um, honestly, it's just a crazy story. God called us. We weren't even entirely sure, but it seemed like he was pointing us in the direction of Montana. We were living in Southern California, which all the mon- the local real Montanans are like, stay away. <laughs> but, um, we didn't know, honestly, what we were getting into. We just felt like God might be leading us to Montana. And honestly, I'm just so thankful that um, he leads in such simple ways. Because really, like we we didn't know. We didn't know where Montana was, to be perfectly honest. We were like, yeah. <laughs> why? And, um, and so we started in the dead of winter. So when, where, where we were from in California, there were no real seasons. So moving to Montana in January seemed like a good idea, but it was like the coldest month (laughs) there, which we didn't know. But it's just, I'm so thankful though, because like we didn't know what we didn't know. So we didn't know it was going to be hard. We didn't know it was going to be, I mean, we did know it was going to be hard, but we didn't know exactly what lay ahead of us. But what's so beautiful is when you just take the steps of faith that God's calling you to. And you just kind of take that one step and the next step, like he's just so faithful to show up and to be what you need and to be the strength that you need and give you the wisdom you need and all of those things. Cause it really didn't make any sense. And everyone in our lives were like, Montana, like, are, yeah. there are you sure? Montana? Like, what are you even doing? And everything in us was like, we always felt like God was calling us to minister to, um, in big cities. And we always thought we would start a church in like LA or New York. Like it just seemed like, Oh, that's, that's the thing. But when God called us to Montana, it was like, Hmm, this seems like it's going away from our dream that God had for us. And so, um, now looking back and seeing years of God's faithfulness and years of him doing a deep work in us and 
um, and the privilege of him working through us and getting to reach people and, um, and seeing marriages restored and people giving their lives to Christ. And it's honestly like, okay, God, like there's no way we can take any credit for this because you put the seed in our heart right. and you did the, the hard thing in us. And yes, we kept showing up, but that was basically it. Like you just, you went above and beyond what we thought. And so there's that. And then we also have five kids. Um, our oldest is 14, Olivia, who is just amazing. Um, our second daughter, Lenya, um, is in heaven. She went to heaven um, in 2012, the same year that our daughter, our fourth daughter, Clover, was born. And we have Daisy, Grace, Lesko in the middle of that. And then recently, um, well, not recently, three years, <laughs> our, our son, Lennox, is three years old. And so he was the amazing surprise ending to it all. So um, that's a little bit of our family and where God has us. And, um, and so, yeah. What a beautiful story. And what's so cool is as I'm hearing you kind of unfold the story of even the church and your children, and I'm sure we'll even get into Linya and the beautiful backstory the, the very first chapter in Fight to Flourish, your new book, and all the things. Isn't it so cool to be able to sit at a place like this and be like, not that I have all the answers to all of my questions, but I have a peek into a preview of what God's doing. And for that, I'm grateful. And for that, I would say yes to everything all over again. Absolutely. You know, it's so funny because even in regards to church stuff, like, now there's this amazing organization called ARC who literally they exist to help people plant churches where they feel God's calling them to, giving them the resources. I go to Church of the Highlands. I know all about ARC. <gasps> Are you serious? For sure. For real. My friends work for ARC. Oh my gosh. Well, we support them as a church and love, we love your church. We love your pastors. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. But when we planted Fresh Life, whether it existed or not, we didn't know. We didn't have any connections with that. The only friends we had who planted churches were in their fifties and had planted years before. And I mean, the basics of it, of preaching the word, of teaching the Bible, like those were obviously the essentials that we needed. But as far as like reaching this culture and knowing the, the place you're going to before you move there and like all that kind of stuff, it was like, that was not on our <laughs> and We didn't have yeah. any resources and we didn't know anybody who's doing what we were doing. And so it's so funny because like, here we are like pioneering, but we don't even know what we're doing. And we're, we're going places no one's been and you know, all this stuff. And it's like, we learned the hard way in mostly everything, but it has been such a joy to be able to like help people. And, and so it's just a beautiful thing to like, see kind of the full circle of like, okay, we had no idea we were doing God led us, we followed, but now being able to like have some stuff where we have learned, like, this is where we fell flat on our face. This is where this was really difficult, but we learned to keep showing up. We learned, you know, and so it's just so funny. Like you just look back and you're like, God, if we knew what we were getting into, like, I don't know if we would have kept going. Yeah. But on the other hand, though, like you said, like you look back and you see, oh my gosh, God, what you have done, the work you've done in us, the work you've done through us, like I, I, I would do the hard stuff all over again, you know? And it's just yeah, 
so amazing. Yes, yes. And then, yes, like you said, there's moments where you're like, oh, no, I wouldn't. I don't think I'm at the point where I fully understand and can get a grip on the things he's doing and unraveling in front of me. And for that, I'm like, I wouldn't go back there. Like I, I would trade to have so-and-so back for the wisdom I've gained. But in the moments where I'm able to be like, but because I didn't have a choice on their life, like I'm going to have the say so on mine and I'm going to, and I'm going to live fully. I'm going to do a John 10, 10 life because that is what like for me, I'm like, that's what gives some, sometimes the pain, the purpose. And that's what gives, like we say, the mess, the message is when you're able to actually take the heartache, take the brokenness and say, okay, I'm not going to live with this forever. I'm not going to sit in the corner for the rest of my life. Like let's rise to the occasion and do something about it. And that is so much your story. And so much of your new book is how are we going to fight to flourish, even though what feels most comfortable is sitting on the couch with Ben and Jerry's and sulking, but like, how do we rise and how do we stand back up and fight to flourish? And so I want to hear your heart behind this beautiful book. If someone finds himself in a dark place, which Hello, that's a lot of us. It, yeah. Whether it's like a shadow or whether it's an actual trench, I think that we've all faced dark places. So I want to hear your heart behind this book. And I can't wait to speak to the woman that's just feeling a little bit overtaken by the darkness right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just, in my own life, honestly, I mean, this is just, even throughout the book, I have like journal entries and really it's just a, open book of my struggles and what I've walked through and the, our darkest day, but also the subsequent days following and, and just the struggle that it is. And I think so often flourishing feels like such a, a far off word, like, oh man, to flourish. It's so beautiful. I want that word to describe my life. I, <laughs> I want to I want to live this flourishing, abundant life that Jesus said, like, literally, I've come so that you may have an abundant life. And, um, but it seems so far because of the struggle that we're in, we're in, because of the darkness that we feel like is overtaking us, because of the, the trials that we're walking through, because of the fact that I feel like I'm failing most of the time, whatever it may be, flourishing may just seem like out of reach and far away. And maybe we'll describe somebody else, but surely not me. But what I have discovered in my life and um, walking through heartache and grief and difficulty is that it's actually the fight, the struggle, the pain, the grief, the difficulty all those things swirling together with God's grace and with his strength that actually um, create the flourishing life that we're meant to live. Cause it's not, our lives aren't meant to be perfect. We're not meant to um, have this highlight real Instagram life where everything yeah. is happy and everything is um, perfect. And I love that that's the name of your podcast behind the bliss. It's like, there's more to the story. And yes, we live this beautiful life, um, honoring God, but there's also more to the story, but that is actually what makes it even more beautiful, the, the heartache and the tension and the pain. But I just think that it's the, it's the fight that we need to flourish. It's the struggle. It's what happens underneath the surface. I mean, you put a seed in the soil and it's surrounded by darkness and it's surrounded by, yeah. uh, what seems to be the, the crud the, of life. And it's like, but that's part of 
the process of growth because you put that seed in the soil and with the right sun sunlight um, above the surface with the right water and nutrients and ingredients for this little seed to start growing, the first little sprout out of that seed is flourishing. That is growth because that's the beginning of something um, growing and something beautiful. When when those roots are going down deep and the, the little shoot is still making its way up to to the surface, that's flourishing. It doesn't seem like it because you don't see the the progress. You don't see the the growth, but there is something happening underneath the surface. And I think that that's something for us to know that when we feel like we're in the darkness, when we feel like um, darkness is surrounding us, difficulty surrounding us, that there can be growth happening if we're holding tight to Jesus, if we're um, looking to him, the, the author and finisher of our faith, like it says in Hebrews, like there is the potential of deep growth in the midst of deep pain. And I mean, honestly, um, like I mentioned a little bit earlier with our second daughter, Lenya, going to heaven, like that was a shocking thing for us. It wasn't like she was had a disease or she was sick and, and we knew that her time was coming, but it was a shock to us because um, it was five days before Christmas in 2012 and um, she had an asthma attack and it just turned um, to the worst really quickly. And all of a sudden, literally all of a sudden, I mean, my husband and I, we were wrapping, I was wrapping Christmas gifts. He was wrapping a movie. That's not his strong suit. It's mine. Um, <laughs> but we were literally just getting ready for Christmas. And my husband being um, the pastor of our church was getting ready for our fresh life Christmas worship experiences. And it was just a normal day. And then quickly and suddenly and shockingly it wasn't. And then we were uh, shoved into this grief that we didn't know was coming around the corner. Right. Um, and so our greatest pain in the middle of our greatest pain, um, God was just, I mean, he was there. I mean, we were in the, the hospital room and there, there was just this moment where um, Levi and I both took one of her, each of her hands and she was five years old. Um, and we just said, God, you, um, you gave Lenya to us and we don't understand this. We hate this. We don't, I mean, we prayed first of all, that God would raise her from the dead. Cause we believe that that's possible. But then when the, that wasn't happening, it was just trusting. It was holding on to God. It was trusting him. It was, um, it was, I don't even know. It was just the desperate God. Like you gave her to us and we give her back to you. And it's, I can't even really understand, like even looking back, it's like, I don't understand how that's possible. Like we look pictures of like days after she went to heaven and we're smiling and it's like, what the heck is that? Like, how, how are we doing that? But it's truly, I mean, the Bible talks about this peace that passes understanding. And I think that, um, that it's that very thing that when you don't understand, when you don't know what's going on around you, when, you, when you're when you tossed into grief, and honestly, grief looks so different for different people, whether it's the loss of a relationship, the loss of a friendship, the loss of a job, the loss of a dream, what you thought your life was going to look like. 
grief just looks different and it's weird. And that's really honestly the only word I can use to describe it because it doesn't make sense and it hurts. And, but then it doesn't hurt, but then you feel bad because you're not hurting and it's just weird. And the waves of grief come over you, but all that to say in the midst of great darkness and great pain, and I don't know where people are at right now and where you're at right now, but I just, I just believe that even in the midst of your struggle right now, there is great potential of great strength and great joy and great peace that passes understanding um, as we just look to Jesus. And I know it's so much easier to say than when you're feeling it and when you're just feeling surrounded by the struggle and surrounded by the pain. But I, I just will say from experience, like just trust God and he has you and he's you've got this because he's got you that's so good yes everything i'm just overwhelmed with a man like a like you're saying the peace that surpasses all understanding philippians 4 7 and you said it best i think in one of the pages of your book you said i didn't have to understand god to trust him and I think that's where our minds being humans and making, wanting to make at least logical sense of things. I'm like, okay, but A plus B should equal C. And we got F. Like what? <laughs> I don't understand. It's so mixed up. And then that's where grief comes in. Because I think also grief plays on your emotions. Lots of shame and guilt and could have, would have, should have. And I just, I mean, you just can't filter through all the emotions. And I think that that is where... We are given such a beautiful opportunity to completely surrender and be open-handed. And I love what y'all said over Alinea. It's like, we give her back to you. And Mm -hmm. Lord, we give this situation to you, the financial stress. We give the infertility, the insecurity, the loss of a friendship. Like you're saying, like everything that I imagine my life five years from now to be, that it's impossible to be. I give it to you because I know that he is the author perfecter and he's going to be able to make all things new (laughs) and he has the last word. And so in those moments, I'm like, Rachel, why do you like choose to believe the reality of a circumstance more than the characteristics of the God you've talked about on a podcast, you know? And I'm like, we've got like, man. So I, I mean, I think this is a perfect time where I'm curious and kind of like, I can imagine listeners are thinking, okay, great. But like practicals, what the heck? Like I'm all about choosing Jesus. Sure. But what does that practically look like for me now when, like we were saying earlier, what's more comfortable, what's more easy is just tapping out for a moment, taking a break and then getting back to the faith thing when it seems easier. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is when, um, it matters the most. I mean, when, when you're married and you're struggling in your marriage and, it's hard to um, to honor. That's the most important time to honor your husband. That's the most important time to that's love good. your wife because it's when it's easy. That that's great and that's good and it's fun when it's easy. Yeah. But it, when it's hard is honestly when your commitment, your um, the vows that you made. That's when it's like okay, we got to engage. Like okay, this is when it matters the most. With to love. I mean, Jesus even said like okay, yeah, it's easy to love your enemies. Anyone can do that. But what about loving? And it's easy to love your friends. Sorry. It's easy to love people who are easy to love. I mean, anyone can do that, but loving your enemies, like what about that? And I think that when we just can 
think a little bit differently about what we're going through. Um, like I said earlier about viewing it as a gift, I think it does start with our, a change in mindset and something that helps me, I'm very like visual, something that helps me is the idea of a, um, um, like a mosaic where it's like all pieces of random like tile. And when you look, when you take a step back, you see, oh, wow, this actually creates a beautiful picture that makes sense. But when you're only viewing one piece of it, you just see a jagged red, a jagged white, and a jagged green, and it doesn't right. make any sense at all. But when you can pan back a little bit, you can see, oh, this is what that's for. That's just the the beak of the duck or whatever. It's like, that makes more sense. And I think that honestly is a lot of our life. Like we only see what's right in front of us. We don't, yes, we get the the advantage of what we've gone through and seeing God move in the past. But right now, the pain that we're in right now, the difficulty that we see, the struggle that we're in, the shame that we feel, that's all we can see. We don't see what's around the corner. We don't see the breakthrough that's going to happen. Right. Two steps from now, we just see this is hurting right now. And I think one thing that's so helpful is taking a step back and seeing it for what it is and, and trying and something that I always pray is God help me to see the way you see and to love the way you love because he has the big picture. I mean, he has all of eternity, first of all, in his view from the end, he knows it all. And I think that goes with trusting, knowing that he is working deeper than what we can see. He's working higher than what we can see. I mean, even the Bible says like, God, your ways are not our ways. Your your thoughts are higher than ours. And I think that if we can just remember that we're not going to have the full story, honestly, until heaven. Yeah. Right now, if we could just trust, okay, God, you're working deeper than I can see. So this um, this struggle in my marriage, Lord, I, I want to be in a place where I am doing everything that I can do to be the wife that you, that I was born to be, to be the spouse that I was born to be. And I think that, um, just that mindset is so helpful in the midst of, of heartache and pain, but also it's, it's showing up. So like for me in the days following after Lenny went to heaven, I mean, first of all, that mindset of, okay, our worst day was Lenya's best day. Because we we lost Lenya, we didn't understand there was heartache and pain, and um, thank God there wasn't a lot of suffering for her. Like, I mean, later on, we ran into one of the paramedics who was there that night, and he said that when he entered, he had, he recognized us, um, but he just started praying right away. Wow. And when he saw Lenya, he said he knew because they they were never able to like get her heartbeat, um, back up. He's just, he said, I just knew that God took her. And as hard as that was to hear, there was also so much comfort in that knowing that, okay, she wasn't like suffering, like God just snatched her. And for whatever reason, and yes, we've seen God move through her life and her, um, preaching the gospel, all of that stuff, like we've seen fruit of it. And like you said earlier, I wish that we didn't have to go through that in order to learn some of the things that we have learned. But just the fact that she didn't struggle and suffer and and really hurt, like God just took her. And so um, anyways, 
in the midst of all of that, one of the things that honestly, I, I didn't even choose. It was just kind of forced on me was just showing up for my family. with me. Cause yes, um, we, we were grieving Lenya and hurting, but I still had to get up the next morning and feed my one-year-old Clover and my two-year-old Daisy and Olivia, our seven-year-old at the time just lost her best friend. She needed me to show up. My husband's grieving. Like, yes, we need to show up for ourselves, but we also need to show up for the people in our lives. Like there's people in our sphere of influence, in our home, in our lives who need us to show up and to be, um, and even as, as, as much as it feels like you're, you don't have anything to give, just take that next step and just take that next breath. And honestly, I remember feeling like I was there were moments where I was asking God just for the next second. And then because when you're grieving, that weight on your chest feels so heavy. And it honestly is all you can do to just gather up the strength to take that next breath. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And that's okay to say, God, I don't even know how I'm going to make it through these next five minutes. And that's okay. That's a next step. That's a, um, you just stepping forward and letting God, uh, show up for you and, and, and give you the strength that you need. And so, um, that was a helpful thing for me because honestly, I feel like I, I would have easily, um, like you said earlier, I, I easily would have stayed in bed. I easily would have, um, felt like I wouldn't, didn't have any motivation if I didn't just get up and feed my baby. Right. But you just got to keep showing up and you, and you got to keep, um, fighting forward. And, and when you don't feel like you have anything in you to fight with, that's the perfect place to be because um, the Bible talks about God being our strength and how he actually, his strength somehow, I don't know how this is possible, but this is how God works. His strength is made perfect in weakness. So if we're in a place where we feel weak, that's the perfect place to be for you to look up and say, God, I don't know if I can show up. I don't yeah. know if I can take this ne- next step because then somehow supernaturally and naturally God shows up and gives you the strength and his strength is is obvious and is made perfect in your weakness. And so I think even just admitting that, admitting your weakness and admitting um, that you, you feel like you can't show up, God will what you need. And honestly, I've just, I've, and even now, I mean, it'll, it'll be eight years this year. And I just feel like the struggle is still hard, like, and not necessarily just with Lenny going to heaven, where there are moments where I have a hard time, but it's just a struggle to show up in the daily life and just being a wife and a mom and a friend. And, and so I think that yes, God will show up in the deep, parts of grief and in the the worst, hardest day of your life. But he also shows up in the daily struggle just to be kind to your spouse and to teach your kids and to, in the middle of quarantine and COVID, like just showing up to, to being um, someone with a sweet attitude and still having that winsomeness about you because God will, God can do that in you and through you, whether you feel it or not. And so it's a lot, but I just, I just feel like if you can take that next step and whatever that looks like for you and, and keep stepping. And sometimes, honestly, 
God created us for a day-to-day reliance on him. I mean, even um, the Lord's prayer, God, give us our daily bread. Like he wants us to run to him daily. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's really the key for growth and flourishing is we're walking hand in hand with God. And really that looks like reading the Bible every day and praying every day. And honestly, my book, I feel like is so full of just the basics. And, but I honestly need to be reminded of that all the time. Cause when you look at a life of faithfulness, it's really just the simple things, the, the unsexy, seemingly insignificant things that you just show up for every day. And that's time with God and seeking him first and um, time in community and, and, prioritizing um, the church in your life. And now that looks very different, not being able to to gather like we once did, but it's still prioritizing community and um, time together, small groups. Um, it's just these things are so important that we can get right in the little dependence on God every single day. And then you look back and you see, wow, I have changed. Maybe yes, <laughs> not as much as I want, but God's done a work deep in my heart as I look back and see the faithfulness, um, his faithfulness through time. And so those are kind of little practical things, but also huge at the same time. Yeah. I love telling my friends that are having a really hard time, like justifying time in their day to spend with the Lord. I'm like, y'all, it adds up. Like it really does. I mean, five, 10, 15, an hour, it adds up. So like, there's no other way. It will not return back void. He will always make sure that his word is met with truth and abundance and clarity. And he wants that for you. So why would he keep it from you? So exactly. just g- like get in that place. I promise you it adds up totally. Yes. And yes, it'll, it'll give you strength for the day. But like you said, like over time, there's just such a depth. Like um, my friend, Alex Seeley, she was, um, speaking at our church and we were on this hike and she, that was something that she was telling me because I was just telling her like how dry I was feeling and how like just spiritually weak I felt. And she was like, honestly, Jenny, if you can just dig deep ditches, like when you spend time with Jesus, like just go a little bit deeper and allow space for God to speak to you and allow space for you to sit and and look and ponder and let him let his word set the pace for your life. And um, this is something that I've been learning recently, but um, huckleberries um, grow in the Northwest um, America and um, they can't be like regrown. So like when you go, like we just went huckleberry picking um, last week and they're like little tiny blueberries, but they're tart and they're just amazing. And it's so funny because like, you, if you find a patch of huckleberries, like you just got to like sit there for a while, but it's so interesting because when you're looking above, like you won't see the huckleberries because they grow underneath the leaf. So you kind of have to like sit and you have to look under and you kind of have to like sit for a while. It's not one of those things where you just like go raspberry picking and they're all right there and you just grab like a bucket of them in half an hour, but it's like, you can't, you have to sit. And you have to be willing to kind of give some time to this. And I, we were just talking about it with our kids. Like, it's the same with God's word. Like, yeah, you can read one verse in, in a minute and go on with your day. And you could, I mean, like you said, God's word is powerful and um, it, can, it can help you. But if to dig those deep ditches 
and kind of allow that space for God to fill and kind of sit there and yeah. see like, and then the, with huckleberries, the more that you pick, the more you see. And so it's like, oh my gosh, the more you uncover, gosh, God's grace for me, the more there's more to learn. And, and I mean, you could read the Bible a hundred times front to back and it would change your life every single time in a different way because we're growing as we read it and we're changing yes. as we read it. And so if we can just kind of have that, but that's a struggle, honestly. I mean, for me, it's a struggle um, in the season that I'm in with, with kids and crazy life and busy, like you do have to prioritize that time. And whether that looks like 15 minutes or an hour or whatever that is, like there just has to be that time and space that you set that date with God. And the Bible talks about it as the secret place. And, um, those who, um, spend that time in the secret place with God, it's just, like you said, it doesn't return void. That won't be time wasted. That's always going to be time that God's going to strengthen. And honestly, like, I think sometimes we, at one point in our life feel like, oh man, I was doing so good with God at this time. And I was like, went to this conference and God was speaking to me and I've never felt that same way again. So maybe I'm just not doing well now because I'm not feeling the same feels as I did at that point. But it's like, that's not what it's about. It's about showing up. Success in quiet time in the secret place with, with God isn't how many goosebumps you feel or whether you like got the the sermon um, from the Lord that day, but it's you showing up. Success in time with God is showing up and asking him to speak to you. And you may, you may even forget what you were learning that morning, but the, I, but the point is just keep showing up, mm-hmm. just keep showing up. And it might feel different than it did 10 years ago. And it might not feel the same as yesterday. And you, but that's not the point. The point isn't following your feelings. The point is following the flourishing life that God's called you to live day by day, that long obedience and faithfulness, just in the same direction, asking God to to do what only he can do in you and through you in the midst of heartache and in the midst of pain too. Wow. So beautiful. And I can totally agree. I can vouch people. Jenny's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's so right. I, I want to take this time to also link arms with you because grief is real. It happens to a lot of people, but the ways of your grief and mine are um, different in a lot of ways, but also super similar. And so I don't, I don't really share this part of my story a ton on the podcast because typically it's more of a conversation about the guest, but I just feel like this is a moment mm-hmm. and I just feel really led to just share this part of my story. Cause even last night, so funny, we're having this conversation because I was having one very similar with a friend and I, at the very beginning of 2012, lost my dad in a rock climbing accident, like weird, mm-hmm. super sudden, overnight like things just completely changed and life will never be the same as I predicted it to be and yeah. it's but hindsight like I'm, I'm here and I'm eight years out and married to an amazing man who I'm so thankful got to know my dad and like so many cool beauty and like God winks throughout it all but mm-hmm. fast forward to my husband is a huge adventurer and had I not known the fear of adventure and then had to be healed from it because adventure was what for a long time I blamed taking my dad. I can be at a place healthy enough to champion my husband and the things and the dreams that he has on his heart. So I can submit, say yes, and like 
genuinely pick up my pom-poms and cheer for him. Wow. And so like the first few years of our marriage, he literally built ropes courses <laughs> and was rock climbing every day. And I would like go and have to face it. And, and then now fast forward, we're living on an air force base because he wants to be a pilot in the military. And like, I don't think had it been for the Lord meeting me in those dark trenches and like mm. me choosing to fight. And honestly, the prayer of others interceding on me, interceding for me on my behalf could get me to a place today where I can healthily say like, it is well with my soul. I am, I am flourishing. And am I where I would want to be? No, trust me. Like we got a long way to go. But yeah. today, like I can, like I said, genuinely pick up the pom-poms and be like, yes, I got you, boo. Like we can do this because oh. you might know this well, but when you face one of your biggest fears, you're almost fearless because God has met me in that, in that place. And not that I've 100% recovered, but I'd like to think I've, I've definitely made some progress, Absolutely. whatever it takes. Like I want, I want your name to be known. And if it's on my own discomfort, let it be. Right. And that's dangerous. <laughs> wow. Real dangerous to pray. But at the same time, <laughs> you can pray that when you know life in its worst. And I think that's something that you get to share with us today. And I get the fortunate and unfortunate place of being with you. And yeah. I just, I want to stand up and say like, yes, just like lean in, choose discomfort, do it all over again and just keep pressing because you will get not all the answers that's eternity, but yeah. you will get a comfort in the places of uncertainty. I promise you promise. Amen. Amen. Gosh, thank you for sharing that. That's so powerful. Just seeing what God can do with willingness. And honestly, sometimes it feels like it's not even willingness. It's just like, right. uh, but to see what God can do with that, like even just a tiny, and I love that even the Bible like describes like, okay, faith, even as tiny as a mustard seed, like God can yes. work with that. And I think that that's just so hopeful because like you may not even feel like you have anything to offer at all, but it's like God can work with a tiny, tiny bit. He can, he can create that's right. beauty out of nothing. He can create light out of darkness. So nothing's impossible for him, but are you going to be willing yep. to be part of the story and be willing to see, uh, to take that step and to see God move on your behalf and on others' behalf, because what you what you chose was to really unlock the possibility for your husband to walk in his calling, also. And so it's not even only just for you, which is amazing and beautiful and incredible, but it's also for others. Because God, when He blesses you, it's not only for you; it's so right. that He can through you. But also, when you go through heartache and pain and struggle and difficulty, it's not just for you. It's for others in the sense of, I mean, the Bible talks about it, like he comforts us so that we can be a comfort to others as well. And so it's always, we're always meant to be that conduit of God's blessing and God's comfort and God's strength as we've experienced it so that others can keep growing and flourish as well. Right. Oh, so good. Wow. I just hope that this is the <laughs> living, breathing testimony for someone who's going through literal hell and back. I'm like, friend, you like, it will be okay. And it won't be the same. And it might not be what you ever imagined, but please like take the words that Jenny has given us today and just like hold them tight because they're so true. They're so true. I promise. Well, one of my favorite questions to ask and one to end the show 
is what are you loving these days that the people have to know about? Ooh, okay. I didn't give you a heads up. I probably should have. No, 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 no. I love, I love spontaneity. (laughs) Um, I'm not necessarily good at it, but I, I love it. Um, Gosh, let's see here. I, my husband and I have been reading separately together. Um, this Devo by Tim Keller. It's the marriage devotional he and his wife wrote. And, um, oh gosh, what is it even called? Um, something on marriage. <laughs> um, <laughs> the meaning of marriage devotional. Yes, and okay. they wrote a book, but they also wrote this devotional and it's been so good. Like Levi and I, will we read it separately. And if something like really stands out to us, we'll mention it. Or sometimes we'll talk about it more in length, but it's very um, low maintenance in the sense of like, we're both reading it, but we don't always have a conversation. Sometimes we do is very spontane- spontaneous, Spont- <laughs> spontaneous, spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly, gosh, that has been so good. One of the things that we recently read was that um, we are both getting to be a part of each other's growth. And there, when, when we're in heaven, we'll get to see each other, how we were like designed, like perfectly wow. designed. And we'll be able to say, oh my gosh, like, I mean, this is what they wrote. Like, oh my gosh, like I saw it in you all along, but now I get to see you for what, how God really like perfectly wow. designed you to be. And just that perspective in the middle of, even struggles and um, arguments and like knowing that we are God perfectly designed us to um, be in each other's life imperfectly, of course, but to see the potential in each other and to draw that out and to encourage it and to champion it. Like that was just such a beautiful picture of like, Oh man, like I just want to, I want to grow in that of seeing um, the potential and seeing um, the fact that I get to be a part of the iron sharpening iron in his life. That's been awesome. I love that. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Just the eternity of, oh, just eternity in general. Sometimes I'm like, I, I could get, I could get into a black hole thinking about all the things. I'm like, oh. And especially these days, I'm like, bring it, <laughs> bring so it. <laughs> so true. Well, I, I'm so grateful for this conversation and just for your vulnerability and just sharing, gosh, like all the things God is doing and bringing you through and has done. And I'm just so honored that I even just got to hear all of it firsthand. And I'm so Mm -hmm. excited for our friends listening to that. I hope feel super charged and championed and a little bit challenged today too. It was the, it was the good little kick in the high knee. Like you got this. (laughs) I I needed it too. Me too. Me too. Well, thank you so much for having me. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.